So at this time, I'm going to just go to, you know, you're going to see a lot of overlapping pictures and whatnot from the video, but I just want to give a quick summary of um, what we did uh, while we were down in the DR. Uh, so we spent eight days there, seven nights. It was a unique trip because uh, it was a combination of uh, adults and youth groups. So we had eight youth group students, and then we had uh, five adults for a team of 13. So um, are we there? Oh, there we are. There's the, what a good looking team. Um, let me just come around, it might be easier. Oh, I see it in front of you, never mind. Okay, sorry about that. So this was us on the airport, uh, at the airport on the way about to leave. And then this is when we, after we landed, we got into a, a, a bus with nice curtains and uh, a broken subwoofer that just buzzed the whole two hours it took us to get to where we were staying. Um, and then just to give you a little idea of where we were, um, so Santa Domingo is where we fly in, and uh, that's where the capital of the Dominican Republic is. So we took a two-hour ride. It was supposed to be an hour and a half, but because of weather and bad road conditions, it took us over two hours to get to Piedra Blanca, um, and we stayed at a little village called El Bate. Um, so that's that. When we got there, uh, so we were staying at Kristen uh, Hamner, who's the director of uh, uh, in-country missions in the Dominican Republic. We're staying at her, her farm or estate. She has a house there, so that's where we stayed. But there's only one way in, and it's usually a little creek, they said. But because of the heavy rain that day and earlier that week, it was really flooded. So we kind of get a little taste of what it was like. So our road was blocked. Um, so we waited and waited, uh, took pictures. Uh, the, the water didn't you know, recede, so what we did was we, there was an alternate route, um, which was around, you have to go back to the main road and then come back around. Unfortunately, that bridge was destroyed. Uh, this is the bridge, took a picture of it the next day. Uh, that bridge was built by a church, or funded by church and missionary groups like us in the past, years ago, but uh, bad weather caused the bridge to collapse. So what happened is we went all the way around the, the, the town area and we went, is this, there's a pointer? Oh yeah, so we parked right here, our bus. And what happened is the local folks uh, got a truck and they came and took all of our luggage out of the bus, one by one, um, and put it into a truck. And we basically, as it was getting darker and darker, we just got a ride uh, through the other way, other side to Kristen's house. So it was kind of nice, it was a nice welcome. Um, I shared, uh, there was one guy who kept following us on a motorcycle, a little, a little shady, right? But he was just there because his headlight was giving us light so we could walk without tripping. So he followed us the whole road back to, up to the house, which was nice. This is the next day, which was Sunday. Uh, this is, I just, <laughs> I wanted to embarrass the girls a little bit because they're actually wearing shirts that are not two sizes too small. Um, so right? that's what you get, yep. So. Let's go into work clothes now. So we went into work on Monday. So uh, life lessons, ladies. Uh, so this was our youth, youth group that was there, the eight students. Um, and they did a fantastic job working hard um, and, and whatnot. So, and this is them goofing off as usual. Um, so this was, so there's a school there in town. It has two classrooms. And typically kids go through elementary school, but when it comes time to middle school, sixth grade or so, they drop out because they have to start working and start contributing to the family. Um, and you know, uh, you'll hear about it a little bit from the testimonies later, but um, 
we wanted to expand that school. So previous trips with the Foundation for Peace did all the initial foundation walls and stuff. So our job was, you know, we had the best part. We got to finish it. So there's a lot of rubble inside each of the two additional classrooms. So they're going from two classrooms to four and hopefully getting kids to stay through high school. And so we, we you know, we're really making a difference in terms of the, the local community there, which consists of about 500 people total. So that's the, uh, it was really sloped. It's hard to see in the picture. So we had to move and shift rocks from one end to the other to kind of level it. And then we, um, uh, yeah, that's just the leveling piece. And then we filled it with some clay soil to kind of level it. It's, it's all, it's all no, let's have him dump it out here, man. Okay. When he comes. See, Edwin's working real hard there. Oh, there he is. There he is. Okay. All right, so we made bucket lines. If you guys have been on past trips to the DR, you know we make these bucket lines and we just kind of go in and out, dumping the, and then we, the last part is the concrete. So we mix cement, you know, all that good stuff. And then we, uh, that's me, it's a little trick. If you want to look busy, just hold a shovel. Uh, and no one, no one will say you're being lazy. So that's, that's my secret. Um, and then more bucket lines of cement. You can see how it kind of goes. And then the bucket comes back. There you go. Simple. And then once we didn't have enough people to do bucket lines, we just filled up wheelbarrows. And you see Dan working hard here. Cement's very heavy. Okay, and then that's just a picture of uh, halfway through one of the classrooms. Uh, you see the, the, the workers there, they're doing the fine uh, leveling. And then they use very rudimentary tools. So basically a long piece of wood to level it. Um, and then basically you see it coming into uh, completion. And before they did any work, they were saying they were hot. So they were cooling each other off in a circle. And they didn't even do any work at this point yet, but you see how clean they are? But they were hot, you know, day one, that's what happens. You were fighting demons for so many good. I was like, I thought it was cute. Youth group bonding. Youth group cooling each other. You were like putting your head on them. Yeah, I was like, dude. And then Senor Norm, I brought all his electrical tools and he was the, uh, the resident electrician and he did some tremendous work there. A lot of the, the cable, uh, the wiring for electricity and we did on our last day finally get to turn the switch on and the lights for both classrooms were on. So it was, it was nice to see that. Um, and uh, yeah, and then that's the, this lady right here. That's Kristen Hamner, who was our host, uh, the full-time missionary with Foundation for Peace. I don't remember her name, but um, she was the director of the school. And she, on the last day, came out and wanted to thank us and share how uh, meaningful our work was because um, we um, basically doubled the size of the school so more students can go and, and, and attend and get some sort of education. Um, this is just a random shot of us preparing for VBS. And this is VBS. We're singing songs. Uh, we gave a quick message about Jonah uh, in the Bible. And then coloring. We did... Uh, after activities and whatnot. And this is afterwards. We gave every uh, kid who came a box of crayons, uh, some snacks, goldfish, animal crackers, and uh, coloring sheets to take with them, which was always nice. Um, oh, let me just go back. This was the boss lady, Alejandra. She was with us every day. Uh, basically, anytime we were anywhere, she was with us. And 
she was quite a character, and some of you probably will share about her. And then one, after one workday, the kids kept begging uh, our team to come down to the river. And we're like, you know, tired, we don't want to go. We, so we turned them down the first day. But then, then the following workday, they were like, please come. And they even learned English. They say, come to river, come to river. So the youth group, I mean, most of the team, I think most of the, the youth group went, and maybe a couple of the parents. And it's, it's their river. So I don't know why it's in slow-mo, but... And I don't know why Lucas is getting a head massage. <laughs> and Jeannie's just frolicking in the water with uh, someone, but that's... Yeah, Lucas, he's really grooming you well. <laughs> um, and that's Ginny again in the water. So it's a pretty fast-flowing river, which was kind of nice. But this is where they play. They don't have electronics and, and things to play with, so they enjoy God's nature. So it's really nice. And the most important thing, you know, a lot of people ask, why do we go on these trips? We could just send thousands of dollars. We can send, uh, you know, professional workers. But it's, it's really about the relationships building, working hand in hand. And you'll, you'll hear Foundation for Peace, they say mano y mano, hand in hand. They want um, us to work alongside because what happens is it brings some, some relational and transformational change versus just sending money. Yeah, we could send money. We can have a big cement truck and, and do what we did in eight days in, in one day. But it's about working with the community, them coming out and working with us. And those of you who have gone on trips in the past with the Foundation for Peace, you understand that. And Kristen shared while we were there that her first couple trips when she was even before she was staff and full time, she had the same questions. And because she was there, people's lives were actually changed and people came to know the Lord because they said, why are these Americans here um, getting dirty, hot, and getting all these mosquito bites and whatnot and, and suffering? Uh, when they could have just sent money, but by seeing us in action, it really makes a difference. So these are just pictures of, of you know, us and the, ch the kids really bonding with their kids. And they really did show hospitality and love to us. Played some soccer. We did a lot of bonding. So they're very physical. Uh, you know, they, they really want that uh, physical affection, which is nice. Um, so let me just fly through. And yeah, Ginny got a lot of love. Uh, and then the treat we had was we went to the, this natural waterfall, which was amazing. And, you know, segregation, boys and girls, uh, for some reason, I don't know how that happened, but I have a video I didn't want to show, it was really long, but uh, at one point, all the ladies were trying to get to that rock so they all could be on it together, um, and they worked hard, and it was nice because the, the, everyone was helping each other to get to that big rock. Uh, I'll show you guys a video later, it's like three minutes long because it took a long time. And then the girl, guys were trying to pull the girls up onto the rock, and ultimately, um, yeah, just a little bit of it. It's, the water is pretty fast flowing there where it comes down. Okay, but eventually they all got on the rock, and we got some nice pictures of them. Um, it was just nice. Uh, maybe you had to be there. Uh, the last day, we did a pool party. So what happens is uh, the last day of our uh, trip there, we have a pool party because Kristen's uh, farm has a, a pool. So we, we feed them, and we let them have fun at the pool. And for a lot of these kids, it's their only meal for the day. Uh, and some kids ate, you know, we had to use hot dogs filled with uh, onions and stuff like that. And some kids had up to, what, nine? Yeah, Alejandra had nine and a half hot dogs, so um, she's no joke. So, oh, by the way, they shared their, they had their anniversary while we were there. So uh, they got, a, Kristen got them a cake, so their 19th anniversary uh, while we were there, which was kind of nice. Thank you for spending your anniversary in the DR. 
And then basically the final uh, picture is the, the, the final uh, night, the closing farewell service we had where the church community came out. Uh, we all got these little uh, plaque gifts. I forgot to bring mine. I was going to bring it and show you guys, but it was really nice. Uh, the pastor uh, preached and um, it was just a very encouraging time. So it was only a short eight days, um, but it was very meaningful. And um, I'm going to invite four of our members to come up and share briefly a little bit of their perspective. Um, first, I'm going to call up Nikki, and then after that, we're just going to go straight through. Um, so, thank you. Um, Nikki. Hello. Okay. Hi, I'm Nikki, and I just recently went to the DR for my first missions trip, and I would like to share five things I took away with me from this experience. One, I realized that sticking with French going into high school was the right move. I really thought I could pick up Spanish in one week, but I quickly learned that anything past hola, lo siento, and no mas was too complicated. Two, the kids at the village were super friendly, welcoming, and always wanted to help and hang out with us. I could tell just how enthusiastic they were when they all memorized how to say the phrase, come to Riva, so they could bring us to the river they play in. The girls there loved braiding hair, and the boys loved playing tag, and the kids would walk from their homes to the worksite just to give a helping hand. I also learned how most of the kids there are stronger than I am holding buckets of concrete that I could barely lift, and that's why I was in the bucket return line. During VBS, they were so energetic and willing to learn about God. Three, as unprepared as we were, having met only twice, God was so faithful in allowing this trip to go smoothly, even through flooding, heat, mosquitoes, and the big rat that liked to stay in our room. From the very first day to the last, God was faithful. For example, on the very first day, as we were traveling to the village, there was extreme flooding, which prevented us from crossing the creek that had turned into a river. We waited for the rain to let up and for the water to die down, but it never did. So to my surprise, the entire village, including children, showed up to help carry our luggage as we walked over the broken bridge to get to Kristen's farm. At that moment, I realized that God was in control. Four, getting to stay with Kristen, who is the Foundation for Peace leader, and her amazing team made a huge impact on our trip. Everyone there made us feel at home and welcomed, helping us with little things and translating for us so we could talk to people. And the food was amazing. One of the nights during our team meeting, we got to have a Q&A with Kristen, and I learned so much. I learned about the living situation for all of them, with one of the family's houses burning down on our last day there, how girls at the age of 14, which is how old I am, would move out to start their own families, how kids would drop, and how kids would drop out of school in fourth grade to start working to support their families. That night, I learned a great deal from Kristen, and thankful there's someone like her serving the people at the DR. Five, I got to bond with our DR team and got to learn so much about everyone. We all got along, which made working together so much fun. Because of the lack of technology, we all got to spend quality time together, figuring out what the time was, playing games like Truth or Dare and Hide and Seek, and eating three tubs of animal crackers together. Going there, we were all nervous, quiet, and unsure of what was to come, but coming back with memories and inside jokes that none of us will forget. One of my most fond memories was on the last night after church service. As we were driving away in their truck, the kids ran after us, waving goodbye, yelling adios, and blowing kisses at us. This made me sad that we were leaving, but grateful to have met them and to have had this experience. As I reflect back on that moment, I realized that regardless of where we live or what language we speak, God has a way of bringing strangers to love and pray for one another. Coming back, I have a whole new perspective on being grateful for everything. While I'm still processing everything I witnessed there, I hope one day I'll be able to return to that village and see all the progress made and how the community is holding up. Thank you.
Uh, hi, my name is Jason, and uh, I'm just going to share a short testimony on my experience in the DR. So, my uh, trip to the DR is one that I'll never forget, as it's my first mission trip, and I was kind of nervous going to such a foreign place, uh, not to mention that it was extremely impoverished compared to where we're living and how we're living today. Um, despite this, our voyage was quite smooth uh, with the help of our missionary friend Kristen, though the large amount of rain quickly became an issue causing the path we were taking to get flooded. This problem was resolved with the help of the village and its people. They quickly came to help us move our luggage to the place we were staying at and many of them waited in town to cheer us on as we went to the house. This to me was the first of many displays of how God has shown his grace through the people that we've met on this trip. When we arrived at the house, we were welcomed with open arms by Kristen and the rest of the Foundation for Peace staff. Their hospitality really meant a huge amount to us because it allowed us to live comfortably during the week despite being in the area we were in. The meals they provided us were also very filling and it allowed us to uh, work hard in construction following said meals. During our work days, we were accompanied by the townspeople and I was shown how strong and resilient they were. Compared to some people I know, and frankly myself, they were very hard workers and it amazed me how they could do so. During our breaks, I was able to use my little Spanish I remember from school to converse with the kids there and learn a little bit about them. I was able to learn their names so that I could greet them the following days. It was amazing to me how they could be so happy with us, even though there was such a language barrier and the fact that they barely knew us. The VBS on the following days was also a success with a pretty good turnout as well as a smooth execution. The children seemed to love the songs that Mr. Dave sang and they enjoyed the activities we planned for them. On one of our rest days, we were kindly treated to lunch by Kristen and afterwards we went to a beautiful waterfall. With us staying in such a poor air of the Dominican Republic, it was amazing seeing how such a natural wonder created by God and it really showed me how God can show his awesome power through the form of such a beautiful creation. During the end of our trip in the DR, we attended a farewell service where I was again reminded of how kind the community was. It was very sad seeing the townspeople for the last time as they thanked us for our work at the school. And during that time, I realized how much of a difference these people made in my life. As we rode in the pickup truck back to the house, I felt so bittersweet seeing the neighborhood kids running to the truck, trying to catch up to us before we could leave. I couldn't believe how kind and accepting they've been over the past week, despite their living conditions and despite barely knowing us for that long. Coming back from the DR, I did a lot of reflecting. It was quite sad reminiscing about the times I had with the people there and how I may never be able to see them again. It was sad realizing how much luckier I have been being born into the household I'm in and being born in the country I'm in instead of in a poor household and in a third world country. It was sad thinking about how some people there may never get to experience the novelties I take for granted in my everyday life. But this experience was not all sad and depressing. It was very eye-opening for me, allowing me to exit my comfort zone and really see what it's like outside the little bubble of the United States. I'm very grateful that I was able to go on this trip to the DR, and I'm even more grateful that God has allowed me to grow even just a little bit more as a person thanks to this experience. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, guys. Um, so Dan Shim figured it out pretty quickly that the Dominicans could probably do the construction work faster if we weren't there helping. 
Um, and, and so the question, of course, and, and Dave addressed this, right, was what are we doing? Why, why do we go? You know, we just weren't that useful during the construction. And, um, and Dave showed pictures of me doing wiring, and I, I'm an electrician, and I, I took my tools. I emailed Kristen ahead of time, said, I, I have the ski skills, I can help. And I, <clears throat> I thought, because I've seen the way they do wiring in the DR, I'm like, I could really help them. Um, but we, we got there, and then when they, like Thursday, it's time to do wiring, and um, Calvin, who's 14, he's the, uh, uh, the construction boss's nephew, was working with us. He was helping me, and, and it was clear he had a lot of experience in doing wiring, and it's like, I'm not sure if I brought anything unique that they really needed and how useful I was. God's been showing me something about myself. It's that deep down inside, I believe I have value because I'm useful. I feel good about myself when I'm useful. But did you know in the Bible there's a slave mentioned whose name is useful? If your name is useful, you're probably only valued for what you can do and not who you are. If your name is useful, you're probably not a cherished son or daughter but just a slave. So if it's not to be useful, why do we go? Why not just send the airfare money to them so they can buy more supplies and hire more locals and get more done? It would be more efficient. Why do we go? Let's listen to some scripture. It's really because Jesus came to us. It's God's word. Listen, in the beginning was the word. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, our neighborhood, our broken, impoverished world. For Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift of God not by useful works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And Jesus said to his disciples, Peace to you. Just as the Father sent me, I send you. And that's why we go. Let's pray. 
Gracious God, um, we, we praise you that you are at work in these little efforts that we do. We praise you that, that you send us to bring yourself glory so that the kingdom may, may be brought to all the ends of the earth. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.